Would you join me in prayer? Open our eyes, open our hearts to your invitation and your deep trust and joy in us to be your light, to be your salt in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. So my friends, we, con we continue from the gospel reading, our reading from last week when we started on the Sermon on the Mount. It's early in Jesus' ministry, and he's gathered up his folks who are going to be his close, intimate followers, and they've gone off on a retreat on a beautiful mountaintop. Don't you love that? Don't you want to go too? Right? And the thing about retreats is that it is a time to get some core work in, some core teaching, and some core invitation into a recognition of a way of being, a way of living, a way of seeing. So Jesus pulled his key followers up with him. And last week we heard the foundational teachings. Oftentimes we call them the Beatitudes, right? Those places where God is saying the kingdom of God is in this place where there is healing in the midst of loss, where there is clothing in the midst of nakedness, where there is feeding in the midst of hunger and all those pieces into those tight, wounded, difficult places that that's where the kingdom is because that's where there's healing and wholeness and, and loving caretaking. Amen? So he's done this initial teaching and then Jesus turns to his disciples, his close followers, who are going to be walking with him for three years, right? He turns to them and he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And he says a little more than that, but that's, that's the essence of it. And if you read the story closely, you can almost hear a communal gasp of people going, oh, not me. <laughs> As if I were to say to you, you are the light of the world. Like meant to bring this light into those dark, tight, lonely, um, often abandoned places that you are called. Can you hear that? Do you, maybe you hear yourself going, well, not me. But yes, you. And it's not just you individually or me individually, but it's a communal work as well. That's why we gather in churches, not only to worship, but also to be, as a community, that light, that salt to the world. Together. It's hard to do alone, isn't it? And it's much more fun to do together, isn't it? And we can lift each other up and encourage each other. Okay, but you may be saying, you may be saying, what does that mean, Julia, that we are the salt of the world? Or that we are the light of the, we are the salt of the earth and that we are the light of the world? Do you find yourself asking that question? No? Oh, you do? Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Thank you. Well, let's think about it. What does salt do? What do y'all, what does salt do? Hmm, what do we do with salt? We flavor things, right? It pulls out flavor. 
right? It always makes it taste a little tastier, right? It preserves, right? We can use salt, and it, it brings some preserving. What else? Ah, yes. So you didn't automatically have salt. It's not like here, oh, good hands, I love it. But it, it, was, it was very valuable and tradable. Thank you. What else? They would use salt to make their water. Oh, like they'd use salt water and evaporate it and collect the evaporating to make water? Thank you. Very good. Very good. And what else? You were going to say the same thing. So we got two smart acolytes. I love it. I love it. And what else does salt do? It cleans, right? And it heals, right? It heals. Now, if you've ever had a canker sore, if you put salt on it, it hurts like the dickens, doesn't it? But it'll heal in a couple days, right? So salt does all these things, and it usually only takes a little bit. So when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, it means that we have these capacities to bring healing, to bring cleansing, to bring greater flavor and joy out of the feast of life. That that's in you and you and you and you and you and all of us together. That's what we're meant to do as a church. Salt is also, in the time, was considered a symbol of the covenant between God and God's people. So, a covenant meaning, do you know what a covenant means? Well, it's a big, fancy word, isn't it? You've heard it in a sentence before? Mm-hmm. What would, let's, let's help each other out. What does, what does a covenant mean? What does that mean? A promise, an agreement, a relationship. Does that help? It means a, a promise or an agreement, a relationship. So part of what God is doing, of what Jesus was doing with his disciples, was to help them to grow into this idea, which in turn helps us to grow into this idea, that we help make this kingdom of God, this presence of light, this presence of love, this presence of healing, this presence of flavorfulness and fullness and joy through us. God does it through us. There's a theologian, Sally McFagg. Um, she's passed away recently, but she just did such tremendous work as a theologian. And she explained how there are times when people, perhaps ourselves, say, God feels so absent right now. Sometimes that absence is because we, the people, the whole people of God, are not present to other people. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes God's absence is because we aren't being, being bold enough or courageous enough or curious enough to step into those dark places for the people who are in darkness and need that salt, need that light. Does that make sense? We've been given a great responsibility and a great opportunity, right? And so asking ourselves as we're walking through our days, how might I be a little salty here? <laughs> it's kind of a fun question, isn't it? How can I be a little salty here? Now, one thing I love, and I'm even going to use her name here, uh, Tammy, you all know who Tammy is, who was sitting here when we were talking about at 8 o'clock, what does salt do? She says, raise your blood pressure. 
and I just lost it, which I thought, well, sometimes ministry does raise your blood pressure, doesn't it? <laughs> I just thought that was lovely. Um, so that's the salt. But we are also the light in the world. And you know how during the season of Epiphany, rather than the passing of the peace, we've been saying, I see the light of Christ in you. Oh, yeah, I see the light of Christ in you. And that's to help see one another and see that belovedness that's in each person, that's beauty that's in each person, and to let people reflect your beauty back to you. But it also does something else. It reminds us that God has put in us each the potential to reach out to those people who are in dark places. <clears throat> that we each are entrusted and given that power of love to step into those dark places and be that light. All of us. Now, I'm big on candles. I don't know if you are too. But oftentimes when I'm saying my prayers, I light a candle. Or if I know someone is going through a surgery or a really dark time, I'll, I'll light a candle for them. Um, and it just every time I walk by it, you know, I see that and I say a prayer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's a really helpful way. And as I was working on my sermon this weekend, and I lit my candle, and I was thinking of that passage, a light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. And you all may have already realized this. I'm a little slow sometimes, but I realized you light a candle. The darkness cannot extinguish that light. You ever thought about that? It can't. The light always brings light to the dark places. That's what we do. As followers of Jesus, we bring that light, and that darkness cannot squash it. Another scripture that comes up, you know, and a gently burning wick I will not quench. Whatever that light is that you can bring into the world has power. It's the power of love, and love is the most powerful change for force on this earth. Amen? So I'd like to share with you a few stories. What did I do? There it is. The first story comes from, um, I took a picture of it, comes from um, one of the resources I use. It's called Feasting, um, Feasting on the Word. It goes like this. One year during Holy Week, a few Christians from well-endowed congregations in a major metropolitan area spent a night with homeless friends on the street. They were looking for the suffering Christ in the lives of those who spend their days and nights suffering from hunger, disease, and rejection. It was a chilly night, and rain rolled in close to midnight. Looking for shelter, the handful of travelers felt fortunate to come upon a church holding an all-night prayer vigil. The leader of the group was a pastor of one of the most respected churches in the city. As she stepped through the outer doors of the church, a security guard stopped her. She explained that she and the rest of their group were Christians. They had no place to stay and were wet and miserable and would like to rest and pray. Enticed by the lighted warmth of the sanctuary, 
She had forgotten that her wet, matted hair and disheveled clothing left her looking like just another homeless person from the street. The security guard was friendly, but explained in brutal honesty. I was hired to keep homeless people like you out. As the dejected group made their way back into the misery of the night, they knew they had found their suffering Christ, locked out of the church. It's a powerful story, isn't that? Just let, as we let that soak in. Our life as a church, as a group of followers of Jesus, as a congregation, we are invited to continuously explore how can we open our doors wider and how can we open them wider still so that our light as followers of Jesus, our light and our saltiness in the most beautiful sense, draws people in and reaches out to people. And I would like to invite us as we go through this wonderful season of Epiphany or in New Orleans, Mardi Gras, right? Just to keep our eyes open to what would that mean for St. Augustine's. So that when we come to Lent and we're doing some of that really powerful time of introspection and reflection, we have some good material to kind of chew on. Does that make sense? And to see how we already, you know, are the light, are the salt, but are there some ways we might grow in that in such a joyful, loving, exciting way? Are you game to join me in that? I'm so glad you said yes. That being said, it's not always easy, is it? I don't know about you. I get nervous or I mess up all the time. Can I share a story? All right. And if I already shared the story with you all, just stop me, okay? Do you remember my dear friend, Rolando? Who came, okay, I keep calling my, I, my internment, which I know, <laughs> by, uh, but I can't remember the word. No, 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 the, it, it's I-N, installation. installation, thank you, installation, 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 okay. <laughs> I know, I, just, just forgive me, just, just forgive me, oh, love me or leave me. Okay, okay, it's, it's a plan, it's a plan. Okay, so my installation, and Rolando came. And, and Rolando is one of my dearest friends. And we served together, he was the verger, we served together at a predominantly Caribbean-American, um, with some African-American members' church in Atlanta. Okay? And culturally, I had a lot to learn. Okay? Did I tell you this story? Oh, I haven't told you this story? Okay, good, this is the perfect time. All right, so... Every, I kid you not, every week, Rolando would come up to me and he'd say, Mother Julia, do you realize what you did? And I'd have to say, no, Rolando, I have absolutely no idea what I did. So this was our pattern. But one week, I knew I had pulled a doozy, okay? We were reading this gospel. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I thought, oh, what fun. We got the kids all together up front, and we blessed salt. I never told you this. Okay, we blessed salt, and then the kids went around, and I went around, and we sprinkled salt on everybody, right? To remind us that we're salt of the world, right? But I noticed, 
I noticed that I would do it, and people would go, like that? And so, and I was curious, I was like, is it hurting them? Like, what's going on? And then Rolando came up to me laughing so hard, he had tears in his eyes. And he said, Julia, I don't think you realize that you throw, in the Caribbean culture, you throw salt at the devil. <laughs> right? And I was like, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to, to, to do that. And it could have been, as I was seeking, you know, to live this life of love, and it could have been a god-awful mess. But Rolando, and let me tell you, that community of the church as a whole walked alongside me, could see that I was trying to make the effort, and they loved me into understanding and growing. Does that make sense? But it takes our whole being to grow into that. So I intentionally, can I borrow this? Thank you. Chose. Did you notice this picture with the quote? There is a way up toward the better world we have seen in our dreams. But these stairs won't build themselves. You see, it's the light of the world. See on there? And this was given to me, if you read the newsletter, this was given to me by a dear friend with whom we did some racial healing work together in Atlanta. And it's hard work. Um, and what I learned, and this is a silly PT analogy, physical therapy analogy. If you've hurt your knees or your hips, and you're relearning, retraining your body on how to walk upstairs, right? If you do it and you just kind of go like this, you're going to keep hurting yourself. You have to engage the, your whole being, your thigh, your tush, your core, everything to really rebuild so that you can go up those stairs and build your strength. If we just do this work of being the salt and the light of the world and just kind of sprinkle it on the side and not really be in the presence of it, does that make sense at all? If we bring the whole of our being into it and engage fully, then we're building those steps. Then we're, we're helping create those steps and that that incarnation, that way of being that is creating the better world. And we can all do it. So when I say, I see the light of Christ in you, I see not only you as beloved of God, but I see you as having the potential for bringing love and healing into this world. Each and every one of us is helping to build these steps. Does that make sense? And so, my friends, you are the light of the world. And you are the salt of the earth. Go forth and do that good, beautiful work God is calling you to do and is so joyously partnering with you in it. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God, amen. <laughs>